Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we're talking about a pretty hot topic, which is it's all around designing better programs and should women train differently to men? This is something that we get asked a lot and it is definitely a good question. You want to make sure you're training the right way, but the answer might not be what you think. Welcome to the podcast tribe. Good morning to everybody in Australia. Good afternoon and evening to everyone else around the world. Uh, we're excited about this one. This this uh, discussion is very much fitting into our uh, our series this week, but it actually comes off the back of a question from one of our online coaching members yesterday, and I just couldn't resist. I was commenting in the uh, in the thread in our private Facebook group, and I just thought, no, nah, we can make a podcast about this because it's such a great question, and it's uh, it's going to share insight that everybody can learn from, male, female, doesn't matter what uh, level of conditioning or physical preparedness your body's at right now, you will get something out of this discussion. I'm super excited about it. Before we get started, big shout out to uh, everyone joining us on the podcast and a very special welcome to everyone joining us on YouTube, on the YouTube channel. We're super excited because we have just employed a second, uh, another videographer who's going to be editing these and getting them up much quicker. So we're going to catch up. Uh, we've been a little bit behind on getting the, the podcast up on YouTube. Smash that like button if you're happy with that. And it also means we're going to start producing weekly workouts again in the new year. We're very excited about that too. Uh, and also leave a comment. The question of the day, do you think women should train differently to men and why? We want to know. I want to get your feedback. I want to get start a discussion on this topic because it's a really important topic. Uh, so Richard, maybe you could type that in the question of the day. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, most importantly, we want to give a huge shout out and warm welcome to everyone joining us live in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. If you haven't already and you're on the podcast or on YouTube or anywhere else uh, reading the email, uh, jump over and, uh, and join that group. It's a fantastic group. Good morning, Christy. She's jumped in and said hello. Let us know where you're tuning in from uh, if you're on the group, uh, in the group watching live. How are you, Rad? I'm good. Very good. How, Very are good. You, how are you, Richie? Very good as well, Yanni. Thank you. Awesome. Now, this is a, a topic that we, we, we're going to share a couple of stories and a little bit of insight. We'll start off with our personal stuff. Rad's going to share a story of a discussion he had just today with one of our members at the gym. Uh, and essentially, it's going to build a little bit of context around uh, where we're going to go today. First and foremost, I want to I share the fact that um, when you're training, uh, male or female, uh, it, genetics plays a huge role, of course. Everyone knows that. Uh, certain people have just uh, um, a better mechanics uh, uh, and, and naturally uh, better leverage in the body. And that tends to be that the, the origin insertion of muscle um, uh, is slightly uh, wider on a joint, which gives it a, a, more, a more stronger uh, action when you contract that muscle. And that, those variables change a little bit from person to person. Uh, but what, and then the muscle fiber makeup, some people are just gifted at being explosively strong and others are more geared to endurance and things like that. And, but if we, if we push all that aside, the thing that matters the most is your history, what you've done in the past, what you did growing up as a child. You know, if you grew up climbing trees and running around and riding BMX push bikes and being really physically active as a child, 
uh, then you are going to naturally carry those traits over into adulthood. And if you continue to do those things, you develop into an athlete, a, uh, uh, potentially you take up a really, really competitive sport. Uh, for Rad and myself, it was martial arts and boxing and rugby league and soccer. I know that Richard played a bit of soccer and then the boys were in the army and the military as infantry soldiers training extremely hard. And then they migrated to gym and we opened a gym and we really got heavily into you know, uh, strength training, flexibility training, and, uh, and then uh, later on in life, calisthenics so you know the three of us uh, when you guys watch us on YouTube and you watch us on Instagram and you watch us in the gym and on the podcast you, you, you're seeing three guys who have essentially been physically active our entire lives uh, most of our families are overweight uh, I, I can't speak 100% for Richard but I, I have heard him speak about the fact that the majority of his family members uh, are fairly overweight. My family is. My family has battled with weight a lot. Um, uh, Rad and mine, you, you would be surprised to know that both our parents are, are overweight. My dad's a lot healthier these days, but he used to, he suffers like pretty bad diabetes and all sorts of stuff. My mum's mum even would, healthier these days. But yeah, that's still, right. But they're still, they, they're still very overweight. Uh, and so, you know, we, we certainly have bucked the trend in, in that regard because of our sporting, uh, our, our, our physical exercise, our training, and the fact that we've built a lifestyle around our training. Now, I say this because I really want people to understand that when they watch us do things, you know, they, they are comparing themselves, and, and if they compare themselves to us, they're comparing themselves to people who have been physically active our entire lives, okay? Yep. Now, that plays a huge role in what how quickly you adapt to new stimulus, yeah. okay? Yeah. And, and just before you jump in, on that though, there are physical limitations to our bodies. Rad and I both, although we're brothers, have very different physical bodies. Rad has a long torso and shorter legs. I have long legs and a shorter torso. And if you look at us side by side, we're, although we're almost identical heights, maybe half an inch or an inch difference. No, it's about a centimeter. It's right? about a centimeter difference. Not, not a lot, you no, know. Less than half We're an both inch, just over six foot. Yeah. Six, six foot, six one. No, right. you're, no, I'm 5'11", and you'd be right on six foot. Yeah, I'm around, yeah. around six foot, just yeah. over six foot, yeah. So it's a, an inch, yeah. Uh, but our hips are about three inches different in height, okay? And that in itself and uh, creates a huge, huge difference in the way our bodies function in certain movements. In, 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 in addition to that, our arm length is very different. My limbs are longer than rads. My arms are longer than rads. And, uh, and, it, and it, just makes, um, it just makes the mechanics of movement very different. And that means that he excels in certain movements that I suck at naturally, and I have to work extremely hard to keep up with him and vice versa i excel at movements that he's not so good at and he has to work harder than i do to to level the playing field and that's going to be the same with everybody so the notion that you can compare yourself to, to to the way someone else functions and performs is really a flawed concept you know it, it doesn't work and and i say this with all um due respect it is very healthy to compete and I believe it's actually a great thing. It motivates. It, it, it ignites that fire. But there, is a, there are limitations to how much you should compete, uh, try to compete with other people um, because there are just certain things that people are going to be naturally better at. 
because of their body, because of their mechanics, you know. Yep. And then on the flip side, you've got to add the fact of your history and your, um, your current uh, physical preparedness. And it becomes quite difficult to, to, to you know, um, create a medium of expectation that, that everyone should perform the same at things like the pull-up and things like that. So that's how I wanted to st start that discussion. Rad, I know you... Well, no, look, I, I just want to stay on topic with what we've talked about, with what we've, we've introduced here. So let's read out Rachel's question and yep. then we'll, we'll get into it. So Rachel has said, uh, Rad and Yanni, would you consider creating a supplementary course for women to get... Now, Rachel's, Rachel's part of our UMS online coaching group. Would you consider creating a supplementary course for women to get strength for the upper body, chin-ups, rings, pikes, etc.? You guys naturally have more strength. I know you're going to say it's all in the foundation program, but I reckon it would be helpful to have a specialized program for it. And Yanni's response was, I'm curious, why do women need a different program to develop strength? And Rachel has um, given a really nice, uh, well-thought-out, um, well-articulated, I should say, answer here, where she's basically saying, I just would find it helpful to have uh, something that helps for weaknesses. Um, some, uh, she's saying, I know your, your program is brilliant and I love you guys. You're the best online coaches I've found, but I still find that some upper body strength movements I plateau on like the pull-ups and I'm still stuck on the basic version. Uh, perhaps I'm not pushing myself hard enough. Um, she's saying, I'm really determined to improve my, I'm, I'm skipping through this because it's a long response. I'm so determined to improve my performance and do calisthenics, but it's a long journey for me. Uh, and then um, Becca Perry has jumped in and said, hey, Rachel, I remember feeling the same way while I was doing foundations. I've been at it since September 2019. So she's been with us for over a year now. And now she can do two to three pull-ups, four to five push-ups and a 10 second tucked L-sit from Parallel Bars. Those three in particular took a long time for her, much more than the 18-week foundations program. Hang in there. You have lady support on here. Uh, and then we've also got, um, who else has jumped in? Grace Clements has also said, um, you know, that she's uh, had massive progress with the foundations. Jada has also jumped in and said, I've done the foundations and seen fantastic results. Uh, and then we've had a bunch of our tribe um, jump in and give Rachel some very specific coaching, which if you don't know why, this is the value of the UMS online coaching group. You get specific coaching for your questions, which would honestly take a whole show to read out all the different comments that she's got. But what what we want to talk about and what this fall, it all falls into the category of, it's not a matter of doing the, uh, of having a specific program that's created for you. It's just understanding how to apply the lessons that we are actually teaching over and over and over and over and over again. If you listen to our shows regularly, you will hear us say the same things over and over again, like a broken record. And I want to, I, I want to just quickly talk about something that I said to some of our members this morning. What, are, what some of our members were asking me, how do I get over this problem? And I basically gave them the answer. And I said, but what you've got to understand is the answer that I've just given you is not what's going to get you there. It's your understanding to block out all of the other shit that you're going to expose yourself to over the next week or two. You're, you're going to do some, watch some YouTube videos. You're going to watch more of our YouTube videos. You're going to hear me talking about how to fix somebody else's issue that you think you need to fix as well. And what you've got to do is you've got to identify the thing that you want to see the biggest results in identify what the process is that's going to get you there and then you need to work on that and block out everything else so what does that look like for example the guys this morning were talking about how do i fix my tight shoulders i've been working on it for six months and i still haven't seen the results that i want i've made some improvement but it's not there and my answer to them was 
stay back for 15 minutes after class and do specific shoulder flexibility work. So, and there was a bunch of things that I told them how to do that I won't go into on the show. But what, you, what the hard part is, is to identify the plan and stick to it no matter what. Not to go after a month, which is what everybody does, go, oh shit, I, I, I haven't done this for a month, I better start doing that. Because all that does is just makes minor improvements in all these different areas where the big wins come from. If you, if you double down on something, make massive improvements in it, and you turn that weakness into a strength. And once that weakness becomes a strength, you don't need to focus on it all the time. It's just the, the nature of doing a balanced program like the UMS that will keep that balance there for you. And then you get to move on to the next weakness or the next imbalance. And this is where so many people go wrong. They think that they think that what they need is like what like what Rachel's saying is, you know, can you make a specific program for women? That's not the answer. Women don't need a specific program. What you need to understand is the process. And for example, the foundations program, yeah, for some people, like the pull-up is, n if you can't do a pull-up and you've never done upper body strength training before, and not even if you did it 10 years ago, like consistently, like when Yanni said, if you're looking at Rad and me, as in looking at Yanni and me, you're looking at two people, or Richard, that have been training consistently for their entire lives since they were teenagers. Consistently. So we're not elite level athletes. Like we're not, I would not try to compete with an elite level athlete. But you know what? If we trained with them, we'd look like we're keeping up with them. We can have a go with them. Put us on the competitive field and the difference between being able to run a 10 and a half second 100 meters or an 11 second 100 meters versus a sub 10, <laughs> they're gonna annihilate us. But we can train with them. We yeah. can have some fun with them and we can keep up with them. So you gotta, you gotta think, like if you haven't done that, if that's not you and you're trying to build strength that you've never had before, it is going to take time. And I've got m some more that I wanna say about this, but I'm gonna let Yanni you know, have a little jump in and have a little, have something to say his two well, cents. Well, yeah, look, I, uh, I wanna just um, address the gender specific question here, uh, like very, very clearly and, and, and our opinions on it as well, because it is a question that comes up a fair bit and, uh, I, you know, uh, I even rem I even remember being taught this back in school. You know, in, in w when, when you're doing um, uh, anatomy and, and and human movement and 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 learning to become a personal trainer, and it came up a lot. And in the old days, they used to suggest training women slightly differently not because the, uh, because of the fact that they lack strength inherently because there was this fear of women getting actually strong and developing muscle and it also and, and it also comes from if you if you took a thousand people you just that it cut me off sorry, so right. badly okay, yeah sorry. yeah it, it, i really want to put this point across we were even taught as strength coaches and personal trainers this is going back 20 years almost or um, 17 years to give different rep ranges for females, not, not because you, you, they, they respond differently to the stimulus, simply because it wasn't trendy to make a woman strong like a man, to make a woman uh, physically as capable as a man. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bullshitting you. This was in the, in the literature, you know, 
Uh, women, men, men should be doing maximal strength at around the five to seven rep range uh, or one to five rep range and hu muscular hypertrophy around eight to 12. Don't do that for women though, because they might, God forbid, build a bit of muscle. And, and so therefore we should be prescribing rep ranges of 12 to 15 for women, you know, because yeah. somehow that's gonna stop them from building muscle, which is, we now know is total bullshit. But this is, this is a stigma, a dogma, a, 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 a belief system that has been plaguing the world, society, for a long time. And that in and, in and of itself, and I'm getting a little bit political here, that in and of itself has held women back and created this belief that they need to be treated differently. But the reality is, and, and the question comes up a lot around nutrition, and, and, and people know that I'm a proponent of intermittent fasting, and every time I do a, a course or a, 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 you know, a, a presentation to a group of people, there's always a few questions from women saying, but how does it affect women? And the reality is there is no scientific literature that supports the fact that it affects women any differently. You know, yeah. uh, and and I've asked some of the some of some of the best PhD nutritional scientists that question, and they say the same thing. Well, yeah. there's really no literature that supports that notion. It it it, it doesn't affect women any differently, yeah. and nutrition doesn't affect women any differently. Yeah. You know, women have s different hormonal profiles than men. We know that, but that doesn't mean nutrition affects them differently. Yeah. You know, I and 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 the same goes for exercise, in my opinion. And I'm pretty sure this is shared across the. I mean, what you got to understand is women hypertrophy at different rates to men because they have a different starting point in most cases. That's they right. They have less muscle mass to start with, so the process is slower. It's it's like getting two people to run 100 meters, but one of them gets a 20 meter head start. Of course, the person with a 20 meter head start is going to outperform the person if they're both at the same uh, level. It's you also know? testosterone. Men, uh, uh, men have more testosterone, which makes, but that doesn't mean that you train differently. Women still have testosterone in their system. So I remember, like, I asked, um, Yanni and I are blessed that we've been, because we've been in this industry for so long and because we were so determined to, um, we were so determined to be good coaches and to be able to give good advice to people and not go off the bro science that when we, when we found people that really knew what they were talking about, we latched onto them and we created good friends. And early on in our career, we were blessed enough to be connected uh, with somebody named Tony Bataji, who uh, now holds a PhD in metabolic research and uh, I'm pretty sure a master's degree in nutrition or a degree in nutrition at least. Um, and then on top of all of that, you gotta understand, so those are, those are what his credentials are, but because he's got a PhD and he understands how to really read research papers, not just the excerpts, not just the summaries of them or the conclusions, he, re he can read the, pr the, the papers. He reads about 20 peer-reviewed research papers a week and he's been doing that for well over a decade. So he's really up to date with the current research and his whole business is based around, like his value promise is, um, objective evidence-based uh, techniques only. He doesn't go off subjective stuff. So, and I remember asking him, I, uh, you know, again, lucky enough to have an open line of communication because he's a friend of ours. And I reached out to him one day when one of uh, my clients was saying, I'm going through menopause, what do I do differently? And I said to him, how do you train women differently than men? And he said, all of the research suggests that the only thing you have to consider, now tune into this women, is that the only thing that's really different about women is when they go through menopause. And when they go through menopause, they become more insulin uh, resistant. So that it means that you have to start looking at the ways that you deal with insulin resistance, which is the way that the body 
reacts to carbohydrate and the way that you have to you know start to modify the macronutrients that you have so that you don't put on too much um, you don't store too much in your fat and that's a whole another story to go through which we're not going to go through today but that's the only thing you really need to consider when 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 training women differently so what I want to talk about now is to go deeper into this discussion, which is I'm not progressing, what do I get better? It's not that you need a special program, it's that you need to understand how you progress. And let's talk about the pull-up, because the pull-up is something that a lot of people struggle with. In the UMS Foundations program, we have some really, really good progressions for the pull-up, which is we start with the feet-assisted pull-up, then we go to the eccentric pull-up, and then we go to the pull-up. But within each of those progressions, there is a lot to understand. It's not as simple as, like, for example, in the Foundations program, we go from an incline dumbbell bench press or a high incline to a low incline to a flat. Anybody can do that. There's no... Nothing's going to stop you from being able to go from that to that or, yep. you know, from a 45 degree incline bicep curl to a 60 degree incline bicep curl. There's nothing that's going to stop you being able to do that. But going from a feet assisted pull up to an eccentric pull up to a pull up, there's a hell of a lot that's going to stop you from being able to do that. And that is the inability to go to the next rep because you're talking about calisthenics here. So you've got to understand what are you what are you trying to do? Why would you be getting blocked? And there's there's one thing that you can always control yourself, and that is the quality of your movement. You, you are in control of controlling the quality and the way that you do that is that you manipulate the intensity to make sure that the quality is always high. So when you do a feet assisted pull up, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that won't be able to do a feet assisted pull up with two fingers on one hand. And you know why? Because you use as much of your feet as you want to. So you yep. stand up as much as you need to. So you understand what the goal of a feet assisted pull up is. The goal of a feet assisted pull up is to just learn to depress your shoulders and pull your chest to the bar at the top and feel a sensation of the muscles that control those movements. Just feel some form of a sensation. Once you can get that, then you move to an eccentric pull-up. And then the eccentric pull-up, you have to be able to do three-second eccentric contraction for three reps where your shoulders remain depressed. If you can't do that, you go back to the feet assisted pull up and you, you do a little bit more work on that there. But for the average person, if you understand this and you apply yourself, film yourself, ask the questions, you should be able to do that within four to six weeks. You should be able to, like it, it's just creating a neural pathway that wasn't yeah. there before and it doesn't take as long as what people think. And then with the eccentric pull ups, you manipulate the volume so that what you do, you manipulate the variables, which is the, the time of the eccentric contraction, so going working from a three-second eccentric contraction up to an eight-second eccentric contraction, working with how many reps you do, so starting from three reps, working up to five reps, and working with how uh, much rest you have between the reps. Now, these are all things that you can manipulate and control, but this is where people get it wrong. They don't record their progress and they don't have a plan. So if you come in, failing to plan is planning to fail. And if you come into a workout just saying, I'm going to do eccentric reps and I'm just going to do it, that is not how you get better. What you've got to do is measure what you can currently do. And let's say you can do the, the absolute bare minimum. You can only do three reps of a three-second contraction. So what you do is you work on doing your sets of three reps of three-second contraction with the goal to get up to three reps of four-second eccentric contraction. And once you can do that, the next goal is to do three reps of five-second eccentric contraction. And then when you can do that, the next goal is to do four reps of, and there's so on and so forth. But every single workout has the goal of achieving or going better to the next thing. It is not just work until you can't do it anymore. And then within those parameters, you always maintain high quality. You do not do reps with low quality. And if you can't do reps with high quality, this is why we have an online coaching group. You film yourself 
and you ask why what do i need to work on and then you get coaches like us having a having a look at it and telling you how to progress and that's where the value of coaching comes from so it's not about how do i make a special program it's about how do you understand how to use a really good program and continue to make progress and i guarantee you rachel if you really if you watch this what we've just said here over and over again until it sinks in and then start asking some different questions and film yourself because you didn't post a video with your question. Film yourself, post a video so that we can look at it and we'll give you some really good feedback and you will eventually, in, in less time than what you think, you will get a pull up. Yeah, definitely. And then the other thing is that you've just got to be patient and practice some faith. Yeah. You have to, you know, like it is... It is very, very difficult to, and I, I want to reiterate this again, it is very, very difficult to, f to, to um, come from a benchmark where you haven't done a lot of strength training in the past and then beca <coughs> become proficient in really difficult movements in a matter of months. It just doesn't usually work that way. And, and if, you, if you have a very specific movement that you want to learn, like the chin-up, then the, the only way you will do it is to do an enormous amount of volume under the right protocols to get that. And you can. I believe anybody can go from not being able to do a pull-up to being able to do a pull-up in 12 weeks. But you'll be needing to do pull-ups more than twice a week. Yeah, you'll need you'll to be, do You'll probably be doing four or five times a week of pull-ups. Yep. And then you've got to control other variables uh, and manage load so that you don't end up with overuse injuries in the elbows and forearms so that you have to understand very, very astutely load management principles so that every time you do those four or five sessions of pull-ups every week, you're, you're, you're not doing them maximally. You're not taking yourself to absolute failure. You're not burning out your gripping muscles every day but you're just banking reps and building that neural pathway and uh and, and you can absolutely do that but i dare say that then you know unlocking the pull-up and only unlocking the pull-up is going to leave a lot of opportunity on the table that you've completely neglected and in and of itself create imbalances in the body that then you'll have to learn to overcome later on down the track. So I don't suggest that you take the quickest route to doing a movement like that because the quickest route is not always the best long-term strategy. It yeah. never is really, you know. It's rewarding to unlock the movement quicker, but then, yeah, then you play catch up on everything else later on down the track and it can lead to injury. It's very, very common, you know. So I say just be patient. Just be patient. Follow the process. Uh, keep working hard. It is hard work and you've got to make sure that you're getting all the other little things right, getting the nutrition right so that you're fueling your body. One of the things, one of the biggest breakthroughs for me in my physical training was learning that the exercise is only the stimulus. The nutrition and the recovery is the catalyst. Mm. So if you're not banking enough sleep at night and you're not eating enough dietary protein to, su to suffice, you, you will not adapt properly. It's yep. just as simple as that. Yeah. The exercise is, is, is a stimulus to the body, but the catalyst that creates the adaptation is what you do after the exercise to furnish it, to support it, to, 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 um, to complement it, you yep. know? And, uh, and so, you know, that, that's the, the, those are the other things that y you need to be thinking about. If you're really, really wanting to make huge strides in your strength development, then ask yourself, am I getting enough sleep? to support the amount of training I'm doing? Yeah. Am I eating right to support the amount of training I'm doing, you know? Yeah, I think um, 
I've, I've got two things that I want to say here. Number one is that I have a coach myself. I work with somebody online um, that who is considerably better than I am because I have goals to go well beyond where I am now. And it doesn't matter at what level you're at. If you want to really see progress, you need to work with a coach. It is essential. I've never been able to break through any plateaus of anything that I've tried to do and I do an obscene amount of research and I'm a trainer and it's always when I work with a coach that I go through and start being able to do something that I could never do before. So you, you have to get that right. But Rachel, you've nailed that one. But to add on to what Yanni just said about getting, getting everything right with your rest and recovery and your nutrition and everything, you've got to understand that what you've said that you want to be able to do calisthenics, that is like the pinnacle of training. You know, calisthenics is, it's so impressive. It's so much fun. I love doing it. I love the journey. I love, uh, for me, it's like, it's what motivates me to be able to train is movement style training and calisthenics. But you've got to understand how demanding it is on your body. It is very tough to do. And, you know, depending on where you're starting, it, for some people it's, um, you know, several months before they'll see any progress with calisthenics. And for some people, it, it can be years, you know. That, and that's why we the UMS is designed in a way like people come to us to Unity Gym and they say, oh, you know, I came to you because I saw that you guys do calisthenics online. And then their, their first several months, they're, they're, they're barely doing calisthenics except for the pull-up. It's all weightlifting and strength training. But very, very quickly, they realize why we do it like that because they can see how weak they are compared to our other members. And... Um, calisthenics is a really, really good goal. It's a good goalpost to have, but it requires some serious adaptation in the body if you're not already strong and if yeah. you don't already have some good muscle. And I found this out the hard way. I found it out the hard way because I had a history of martial arts and my upper body was very weak when I decided I wanted to learn calisthenics. And I, was, I got quite frustrated with how hard it was for me to get better. And then I got really frustrated with putting in a lot of work, a lot of effort, five to six days a week of training, two to three hours a day, and then showing Richard and Yanni after years of trying some of the things that I was working on and they could both just do it better than me. Because while I'd been doing over a decade of martial arts that did virtually zero upper body strength training, Yanni and Richard had both done over a decade of strength training, doing traditional weightlifting, and they were just so much stronger than me. So that's why we have this whole process in the UMS where it starts with the foundations where, you know, um, Rachel, I think that maybe when you look at foundations, phase one is, is feet assisted pull-ups, then phase two is eccentric pull-ups, then phase three is the pull-up, and you look at that and you get to phase two and you think, well, I'm, I'm not even close to doing an eccentric pull-up. You've got to understand, it's not this is what happens to everybody. We've just shown, like, it would be a pretty demotivating program if I said foundations, phase one is feet assisted pull-ups, and phase two is more feet assisted pull-ups, and then phase three is a bit more feet assisted pull-ups. Like that doesn't look very good for somebody that is already almost at being able to do a pull-up. Like people need to be able to see what is laid out in front of them to get there. But not everybody progresses in, the, in, in everything, in every program. And the further you get with the UMS or with any good program, the more you'll realize that some things you just go forward on every program and other things you don't. Other things is like a zigzag. You go forward and back. You stay at the one spot. You're having to manipulate um, the volume that you're doing to be able to get better. Um, you know, that's it, how it is. Look, I want to say something that Rad hasn't said here, and, and I, I think this might come at, as quite a shock to a lot of people in our program and everyone else in the world. The Foundations program is training to, to get ready to train. 
it's not it's not actually a, 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 it's not desire it's a general preparation phase program it is preparing you for the harder training to come yeah. and then from there we still focus on developing strength flexibility and fitness as a foundation <coughs> The Foundations Program is called the Foundations Program, but it is a general preparations program. It is designed to prepare you for hard training so that your load tolerances are raised, so that your body is more balanced, it's more symmetrical. The joint integrity is, is increased, you know. It is all about preparing you for real hard training. and. Then from there, you still have to build a baseline of strength, uh, like maximize your strength. And I believe that that realistically takes another six months on top of the foundations program. And then you're ready to sort of go deploy that into these advanced calisthenics skills, you know. Um, to think that you can come out of a, a, a three-phase um, general preparations program and excel at calisthenics is is ridiculous yeah it is absolutely ridiculous yeah. i mean i if you want to if you want to know how much work calisthenics takes watch fitness faqs daniel vadnell's 10-year journey video he posted about six months ago yeah uh, it is brilliant right, yeah. he he put it together whilst he was in lockdown and this is one of the guys who i believe is up there in australia as one of the best calisthenics uh, expressions of calisthenics strength that I've ever seen. Oh, for sure. He's one of the most well-rounded sure. um, general populations I've ever seen. He's not an elite level athlete. He's a physiotherapist by trade, but he is an absolute beast when it comes to physique, training, everything. He came from a bodybuilding background, kind, you know, like a, a, a you know an amateur bodybuilding oh, background. Really? He was he was right into his bodybuilding. Yeah, really? yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's what. But that's no, my. All, no, it was all body weight stuff. Yeah. He's one well, of maybe the. I'm he, wrong. He, maybe he, I'm wrong. He, but what he talks about is in the in the first four years, all he did was basically push ups and pull ups. Yeah. He didn't strength. really know much better, and he just did the rawest, most basic strength stuff. You know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. look, watch that because you know he's worked so hard, and and lately he was so stoked to unlock a five second planche. Yeah. You know, like it, yeah. it is, it, and it's like a ten year journey. Yep. And, and it's brilliant because he's documented the entire thing, you know. Uh, unlike uh, I, I, another person in Australia I really like watching is Simon Monster, Simon Ater. And he is an absolute beast. But I haven't seen his journey documented. So I don't know what he was like before he I started. Do, I do know? know that I watched a video where Daniel was interviewing him about three years ago. And back then he said that he'd been training for 15 years. Yeah. So now it'd be getting close to 20 years. Um, so yeah, what's mm -hmm. the name of the film? I'll see if I can dig it up and and, and link it in here. Uh, uh, um, we're talking about f um, Daniel's ten year. Oh, it's not a film. Thing. Just it's go, not a just film. go, just, just go to Fitness FAQs YouTube channel. So Fitness FAQs, and just in the search bar you, on YouTube on your desktop, you can search within a channel. Not you can search YouTube or you can search within a channel when you're on the channel. When yep. you're on the channel, just type in 10 year transformation in yep. the search bar. And I, I will up. say that both these guys were due to come up with, they were meant to be on the podcast at the start of the year. They were, they were coming to Unity to do a bunch of workshops they and, were and coming train with to us. Unity <laughs> the Saturday after the country went into lockdown on Monday. Yeah. And I was so devastated. Oh, we paid for flights and, and accommodation. Oh, 
man, I was organized so dinners keen to get those booked guys restaurants in here. and yeah. uh, were devastated and they were devastated too because it really uh, they were in the epicenter of uh, where it all where, where where shit got really bad here in Australia in Melbourne and and uh, so yeah anyway uh, um, we will yeah look guys let's bring this in for a landing we're going to wrap this series up tomorrow by really going deeper into how we do these things in the unified movement system and here at unity gym uh, and and I really hope you got something out of this, this discussion today um, gender definitely alters the journey for a lot of people but it doesn't necessarily mean that you should alter the programming the the, the, the way that you develop maximal strength in the gym is there's there's best practices and programming formulas uh and of course on an individual level if you want to develop a certain skill you can double down and you should double down on that skill but try not to do it at the expense of everything else because you can create issues in the body quite easily by doing so when you run towards something you always run away from something else and uh yeah i hope um i hope you guys have got a little bit of motivation out of that it is all of our own journey we're all on a, our own little path and what we really recommend you do is just set some benchmarks retest those benchmarks over and over again so that it's you versus you you're on a path to really really um uh leveling up yourself your ability and you're not comparing yourself to other people we're going to go deep into that tomorrow health is about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there we'll start focusing on movement goals strength goals flexibility goals when you nail that skill it's there forever the body image goal doesn't get you that it's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there it's not the intensity there's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.